Hello, wonderful people. How is everybody doing tonight? Welcome back to Sidecar Stories. It's Thursday. It's Thursday and it's not a holiday here in the U.S., so we get to party. This is our night. This is our time. We're going to party now. We are the party people. I hope everyone's doing great. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and I hope uh, people outside the U.S. just had like a pretty solid Thursday. You know what I mean? Um, I'm very excited because, uh, we have been, we've been talking about, uh, what to do next for the Sidecar Classic streams, and I put, um, I put Frankenstein on there thinking it, you know, it might, uh, be a decent contender, and it actually seems like it's been a pretty solid front runner uh, in the vote for the next one, so I believe this Tuesday I am going to be starting... Frankenstein on Tuesdays. That'll be my new Tuesdays stream. Um, the Great Gatsby streams went great. Um, if you guys are here for Harry Potter, but you haven't checked out the Sidecar Classics streams on Tuesdays, even if you can't be there for the stream itself, it's a fantastic stream. Um, it really gets into what I would love for this channel to be, which is a place where lit enthusiasts can get lit. I don't know. <laughs> I do know I need to come up with a significantly better tagline than that, but, um, you know, uh, a, a place for literary enthusiasts to uh, have a good time talking about discussing literature. It was a great, a great set of streams. We had some, some excellent stuff, and so I appreciate everyone that was there, and I look forward to getting into Frankenstein next week. Uh, Ash says, is Thanksgiving like a harvest festival? I would say it's a little bit like that. Here we go. Super quick recap of what the heck Thanksgiving is. It is... Okay, so there there are some politics involved. So I'll give you the version that that we give, like, kindergartners, which is it's a, uh, a celebration of the cooperation between the first settlers to this land from across the ocean and the uh, the Native Americans who lived here at the time. Um, Native, the, the settlers were going through a particularly rough time. Um, they, they didn't know how to handle agriculture. They were getting sick a lot and uh, having some really rough winters. So it was a, uh, uh, it's a celebration of the, the help we received. Anyway, that's the version I was taught a long time ago. Of course, as I mentioned, uh, plenty of uh, <laughs> politics to it now that I'm older, but that's the quick version. Alice and Beth in YouTube chat says, I was originally looking for audiobooks for the Harry Potter series and found this channel when looking for book four. Just wanted to say I love the effort you put into these streams. The voices are phenomenal. They make listening to them an even better time. I also enjoy the discussion pieces. And honestly, just <laughs> honestly, just everything you do. Thank you, Sam. Hey, thank you for listening. It's good to have you here. Debbie, how's it going? Sarah, Starlight, Iris. Um, for those of you who are wondering, I'm going to be doing most of my chat stuff with Discord. Um, so you can find the link in the video description here, uh, in the description just underneath the the, uh, the stream. You can go check out the Discord. Um, I find that it's just a more stable way of connecting with people. Uh, for instance, Coop Miller says, I wish more people would celebrate the traditional seafood, though. Okay, now that's interesting. Tell me about that. <laughs> By the way, on Discord, there's also not a delay. Uh, so I see stuff basically right when you put it in. Ash says, okay, here we work our bum off, then eat. I mean, uh, I, I don't know in what sense you mean that specifically, but I can tell you it's fairly similar. Like <laughs> it's a, it is a long day of cooking and, you know, preparing various dishes that we don't make during the rest of the year, so everyone's not totally sure what they're doing, especially with the turkey, which is the classic, um, the classic Thanksgiving protein. <laughs> Green Lorax says, favorite book, by the way. I hope you enjoy it. Have you read it before? Um, Lorax, are you asking about Frankenstein or are you asking about um, the, uh, the Order of the Phoenix? I'm gonna assume based on the timing that it was Frankenstein, I have read it before and I found it was much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Um, I anticipate, cool, yeah. Um, 
I anticipated it was going to be kind of dry, but honestly, the, the discussion that we got into with it was fantastic. And so I very much look forward to doing it again. Um, I have not done the out loud reading before, much like Gatsby, um, much like the Gatsby situation, but I do plan to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to get started and be kind of, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm planning to do a little bit more pre-pro as it were, uh, tell you what general, no, I'll do it. Um, the, the additional, uh, sort of politics around Thanksgiving involve the fact that, you know, the, the settlement of the United States by, uh, those from across the sea was not a, uh, not a gentle process. And I think, I think we're all aware of, of the, uh, um, I guess a lot of the nonsense stories that have been put out, there was a great meme about, uh, how, um, it was like a kid's book essentially said, uh, like the, the settlers needed space. And so the, the native Americans kindly moved moved out to let them, you know, have space to live. And I, I think we can, we can all identify, like, it was not as gentle as that. It was some nonsense. The process of settlement is, uh, uh, fraught with violence and, and, uh, thievery, but there's the, uh, slightly more detailed history of Thanksgiving. Let's see. Original, original meal was seafood based mussels, etc. I did not know that. That's from Coop. Mr. Miller did not know that. And, uh, things are going well here. Cutie Catacorn says, Hey, it's my first time watching one of these. I'm a bit behind, but I'll be here next week. Excellent. You're so close. We'll see you in a bit. Coop says, waterfowl, venison, ham, lobster, clams, berries, fruit, pumpkin, and squash. By the way, by the way, I've got a bit of, uh, I've got a bit of Thanksgiving conspiracy theory that I want to discuss with y'all. I think pumpkin is horse hockey. How, how wrong am I about this? I think that, that pumpkin is nonsense. And I think pumpkin spice is what makes things good. I think it's that combination of spices. I have a, I have a theory, which I have not tested in the least that you could make a pie with mashed potatoes, uh, using pumpkin, using the spices that you would use for a pumpkin pie. And it would be a, I think the texture would be different, but I think overall the flavor would not be so much affected. Like I said, this is, this is, this is my goofy Thanksgiving, uh, because for those of you who don't know, pumpkin pie is like a Thanksgiving staple. If you, if you Google Thanksgiving dinner or Thanksgiving dessert, pumpkin pie is what's going to come up. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's my, there's my goofy conspiracy theory. Pumpkin puree is BS. I speak the truth of the pumpkin spice. So, what did we find out last time? Deal Mosaic says, looking forward to hearing your presentation of the classics. I do it every Tuesday, and uh, it has been honestly more fun than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be tough to get into, but we've had some fantastic discussions, and we've really covered a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, literary ground. So. I hope, uh, I hope you'll be willing to jump into one of those streams on a Tuesday or just to, uh, you know, go check out the VODs. Um, Miss Frizzle says, I stand behind your pumpkin theory, Sam. <laughs> uh, Two Good Sharks says, sweet potatoes would probably work great with pumpkin spice. I'll bet you're wrong. Did I just say wrong? No. Okay. Sorry. General said, ding dong, you are wrong. And I, I saw that and misread it. I'll bet you are right that it would taste great, but I do think sweet potatoes bring their own flavor. Um, and what I'm talking about is I think, I think all of the goodness of pumpkin pie comes from the pumpkin spices. Again, I haven't actually tested it. I would be very curious to know though, because it, it follows up with a, a, a second thing that I was looking at, which is that there are so many, like, uh, so many different desserts have been made out of basically any kind of starchy thing that you can imagine including sweet potato, but just potatoes. I don't know of any proper desserts based on potatoes. You know, even rice has 
And I should add, it is a fantastic dessert. Even rice has a dessert centered around it, you know? I, I think horchata would be, like, maybe talked about as kind of a desserty kind of thing, but rice pudding is, it's the, it is the, the top of the top. It is the top shelf dessert, rice pudding. Um, but yeah, even rice has a dessert based around it. Not just, but, but there is no dessert based on like just regular old, like a russet potato or like a new potato. So there's my, there's my, my spiraling, my, my spiral into madness. All right, one more from chat, then I'm doing re I'm doing review. Oh, it's uh, Ash getting into what we found out last time. <laughs> Ash is, here's the summary from Ash. We found out Harry is in trouble. We found Harry is always in the trouble. <laughs> McGonagall is a boss and Umbridge is awful and Dumbledore is Silver Fox. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, and uh, Iris... For those of you who are wondering like why I'm addressing things in chat that you guys can't see, it is because I am doing uh, my my sort of full chat in Discord. It's just uh, it's quicker and it's more stable, so I I, uh, I handle sort of my my base chat there. Okay, as much as I want to argue about desserts with y'all, <laughs> um, last time chapter seventeen, uh, educational decree number twenty four. Let me scroll up to the top of the chapter. Okay, and uh, I, I was planning to do two chapters last week. We're only going to do one this week. I was planning to do two last week, but I found that uh, it destabilized right at the end. So I was just, I was skipping frames all over the place. It wasn't going to work. Okay, educational decree number 24. So, um, not only do we have a high inquisitor at Hogwarts in the form of Professor Umbridge, not only that, but... It seems that she has found out about the the group that Hermione encouraged Harry to start. Um, the the group of people that Harry is going to teach defense against the dark arts. It says that no student, organization, society, team, or group may exist without the knowledge and approval of the High Inquisitor. So basically, any groups of three or more students. Now this is this is you know sort of what what is meant when people talk about like freedom of assembly that kind of thing. Um, the <laughs> Coop Miller says, I believe there's a Japanese dessert with sweetened mashed potatoes, but that might have been a fever dream. Um, the, the groups at Hogwarts have all been disbanded, and they can come back to McGonagall with uh, um, uh, a request to reform their group. And, of course, you know, people, people are wondering, like, oh, is my Gobstones Club going to be going to be off the rails? No, it's not about that. And... Uh, Apparently, the Gryffindor Quidditch team has also had some trouble reforming. Uh, yeah, YouTube, anybody in there can go ahead uh, and check out the description underneath the stream. You'll see the link to the Discord in there. And that link will get you to the... Um, oops, sorry. Terrible noise. That link will get you to the, the chat. And then to actually listen in Discord, you can go ahead and click the live stream uh, it's in all caps over on the left-hand side. Um, now, not only that, but it appears that Hedwig has been injured in the course of her duties. Um, Hedwig, you know, she, she is delivering letters to Harry, and wh what's going on? Because suddenly uh, Harry finds that she's got an injured wing. He takes her to Professor Grubbly Plank, because Hagrid still is nowhere to be seen, and uh, gets her mended up. The the note is from Sirius Black. It says, today, same time, same place. This is about a meeting that they're going to have um, in the common room. Sirius has developed a habit of popping up into the common room fire uh, in order to have a conversation with Harry. But it seems that someone was trying to... Someone was trying to intercept Harry's mail. Not only that, but uh, as they as they have a discussion with with a, a, a prolonged discussion with Sirius, it seems that Sirius is pretty excited about what Harry's doing with um, the Defense Against the Dark Arts group. I should I should rewind a little bit though because the discussion happens at the end of the chapter. Um, some other details: um, Professor Trelawney is, has apparently received the the. Uh, feedback from her 
teacher review and is not pleased about it. She's very angry. She's very irritable. Apparently, she got a pretty terrible review from Umbridge. Not that we were surprised. Um, let's see. What else? Also, uh, Fred and George have gone ahead and made a decent little bit of money uh, selling various tricks and wizard gags. And I think that's about where we're at. So um, Harry has a chance to talk with Sirius. Um, they have a discussion. They're not sure where exactly they're going to practice their defense against the dark arts. And then suddenly they're interrupted um, as a hand. One which I believe we are supposed to recognize as um, Umbridge's hand. A hand starts grabbing around in the fire. It seems that owl mail is not the only avenue of communication that has been compromised. So, that is where we're at, and I'm going to get started on the chapter in just a second. As usual, go ahead and pop into chat um, if you want to talk about anything. I would love to uh, have the discussions, and that's about it. I'll be stopping at, uh, you know, chapter break moments if there are any good spots between scenes. Otherwise, I may wait and discuss your comment after the, uh, after the chapter is over. And then after the chapter, we do beans. Julia says, I'm looking forward to hearing Frankenstein again, and I am as well. So, General, by the way, congratulations to you and yours. Let's get into the chapter, shall we? Let's do it. And YouTube, um, I'm anticipating some potential internet issues later tonight. So if you find that the stream is kind of unlistenable, go ahead and pop into Discord where you'll be able to find a should be a cleaner version of it. Chapter 18. Dumbledore's Army. <laughs> that looks so much dumber than I thought it was going to. That's okay. Ah! Oh no. There. How's that? <laughs> it looks so stupid. Chapter 18. Dumbledore's Army. Umbridge has been reading your mail, Harry. There's no other explanation. You think Umbridge attacked Hedwig, he said, outraged. I'm almost certain of it, Hermione said grimly. Watch, watch your frog, it's escaping. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry about the mic noise. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to totally eliminate that from the streams and not touch it anymore because I realize it's a bad habit. Harry pointed his wand at the bullfrog that had been hopping, hopefully, toward the other side of the table. Accio! And it zoomed gloomily back into his hand. Charms was always one of the best lessons in which to enjoy a private chat. There was generally so much movement and activity that the danger of being overheard was very slight. Today, with the room full of croaking bullfrogs and cawing ravens, and with a heavy downpour of rain clattering and pounding against the classroom windows, Harry, Ron, and Hermione whispered discussions about Umbridge. Hadn't... Harry, Ron, and Hermione's whispered discussions about how Umbridge had nearly caught Sirius went quite unnoticed. I've been suspecting this ever since Filch accused you of ordering dung bombs, because it seemed like such a stupid lie, Hermione whispered. I mean, once your letter had been read, it would have been quite clear that you weren't ordering them, so you wouldn't have been in any trouble at all. It's a bit of a feeble joke, isn't it? But then I thought... What if somebody just wanted an excuse to read your mail? Well, then it would be a perfect way for Umbridge to manage it. Tip off Filch, let him do the dirty work and confiscate the letter, and then either find a way of stealing it from him or else demand to see it. I don't think Filch would object. And he's never stuck up for students' rights. Harry, you're squashing your frog. Harry looked down. He was indeed squeezing his bullfrog so tightly that its eyes were popping. He replaced it hastily upon the desk. It was a very, very close call last night, said Hermione. I just wonder how... if Umbridge knows how close it was. Silencio. The bullfrog upon which she was practicing her silencing charm was struck dumb, mid-croak, and glared at her reproachfully. If she had caught snuffles... Harry finished the sentence for her. He'd probably be back in Azkaban this afternoon. He waved his wand without really concentrating. 
His bullfrog swelled like a green balloon and emitted a high-pitched whistle. Silencio, said Hermione hastily, pointing her frog at Harry's frog. Pointing, <laughs> pointing her frog. Pointing her wand at Harry's frog, which deflated silently before them. Well, he mustn't do it again, that's all. I just don't know how we're going to let him know. We can't send an owl. Uh, I don't reckon he'll risk it again, said Ron. He's not stupid. He knows that she nearly got him. Silencio. The large and ugly raven in front of him let out a derisive caw. <laughs> Silencio. Silencio! The raven cawed more loudly. It's the way that you're moving your wand, said Hermione, watching Ron critically. You don't want to wave it. It's more of a sharp jab. Ravens are harder than frogs, said Ron through clenched teeth. Fine, let's swap, said Hermione, seizing Ron's raven and replacing it with her own fat bullfrog. Silencio. The raven continued to open and close its sharp beak, but no sound came out. Very good, Miss Granger, said Professor Flitwick's squeaky little voice, making Harry, Ron, and Hermione all jump. Now let me see you try, Mr. Weasley. W-uh-okay... All right, said Ron, very flustered. Uh, silencio. He jabbed at the bullfrog so hard he poked it in the eye. The frog gave a deafening croak and leapt off the desk. It came as no surprise to any of them that Harry and Ron were given additional practice of the silencing charm for homework. They were allowed to remain inside over break due to the downpour outside. They found seats in a noisy and overcrowded classroom on the first floor in which Peeves was floating dreamily up near the chandelier, occasionally blowing an ink pellet at the top of somebody's head. They barely sat down when Angelina came struggling toward them through groups of gossiping students. "'I got the permission,' she said, "'to reform the Quidditch group.' "'Excellent,' said Ron and Harry together. "'Yeah,' said Angelina, beaming. "'I went to McGonagall and... I think she might have appealed to Dumbledore. That's not her voice. Anyway, Umbridge had to give in. <laughs> so I want you to down at the pitch at seven o'clock tonight, all right? Because we've got to make up the time. You realise we're only three weeks away from our first match? But he squeezed away from them, narrowly dodging an ink pellet from Pease, which hit a nearby first year instead and vanished from sight. Ron's smile slipped slightly as he looked out of the window which was now opaque with hammering rain. I hope this clears up. Hey, what's with you, Hermione? She, too, was gazing at the window, though not as though she really saw it. Her eyes were unfocused, and there was a frown on her face. Just thinking, she said, still frowning at the rain-washed window. About Sir... Snuffles, said Harry. No, no, not exactly, said Hermione slowly. More wondering. I suppose we're doing the right thing, I think, aren't we? Harry and Ron looked at each other. Well, that clears that up, said Ron. It would have been really annoying if you hadn't explained yourself properly. Hermione looked at him as though she had just only realized he was there. I was just wondering, she said, her voice stronger now, whether we're doing the right thing, starting this defense against the Dark Arts group. What? said Harry and Ron together. Hermione, it was your idea in the first place, said Ron indignantly. I know, said Hermione, twisting her fingers together, but after talking to Snuffles... But he's all for it, said Harry. Yes said Hermione, staring at the window again. Yes, that's what made it... that's what made me think it might not be such a good idea after all. Peeves floated over them on his stomach. Pea-shooter at the ready, automatically all three of them lifted their bags over their heads until he had passed. Let's get this straight, said Harry angrily as they put their bags back on the floor. Sirius agrees with us, so you don't think that we should do it any more. Hermione looked tense and rather miserable. 
Now staring at her own hands, she said, Do you honestly trust his judgment? Yes, I do, said Harry at once. He's always given us great advice. An ink pallet whizzed past them, striking Katie Bell squarely in the ear. Hermione watched Katie leap to her feet and started throwing things at Peeves. It was a few moments before Hermione spoke again. It sounded as though she were choosing her words very carefully. Well, don't you think he's become sort of, sort of reckless since he's been cooped up in Grimwald Place? You don't think that he's kind of living through us? What do you mean, through us? Harry retorted. I mean, well, I, I think he'd love to be forming a secret defense against the Dark Arts Society right under the nose of someone from the Ministry. I think he's really frustrated about how little he can do where he is. So I think he's just keen to egg us on. Ron looked utterly perplexed. Sirius is right, he said. You do sound just like my mother. Hermione bit her lip and did not answer. The bell rang just as Peeves swooped down upon Katie and emptied an entire ink bottle over her head. The weather did not improve as the day wore on, so that at seven o'clock that evening, when Harry and Ron went down to the Quidditch pitch for practice, they were soaked through within minutes, their feet slipping and sliding on the sodden grass. The sky was a deep, thundery gray, and it was a relief to gain the warmth and light of the changing rooms, even if they knew the respite was only temporary. They found Fred and George debating whether to use one of their own skiving snack boxes to get out of flying. I bet she'd know what we've done, Fred said out of the corner of his mouth. If only I hadn't offered to sell her some puking pastilles yesterday. We could try the fever fudge, George muttered. Nobody's seen that one yet. Does it work? inquired Ron hopefully, as the hammering rain on the roof intensified and the wind howled around the building. Well, yeah, said Fred. Your temperature will go right up. But you do get these massive pus-filled boils too, said George, and we haven't yet figured out to get rid of them. I can't see any boils, said, said Ron, staring at the twins. No, well, you wouldn't, said Fred darkly. They're in a place that we generally don't display to the public. But they do make sitting on a broom a right pain in the... All right, everyone, listen up, said Angelina loudly, emerging from the captain's office. I know it's not ideal weather, but there's a chance that we'll be playing Slytherin in conditions like this, so it's a good idea to work out how we're going to cope with them. Harry? Didn't you do something to your glasses to stop the rain fogging them up when we were playing Hufflepuff during that storm? Hermione did it, said Harry. Their robes billowed and swirled around them as they splashed across the flooded vegetable patch to double herbology. But they could hardly hear what Professor Sprout was saying over the hammering of raindrops hard as hailstones on the greenhouse roof. The afternoon Care of Magical Creatures lesson was to be re relocated from the storm-swept grounds to a free classroom on the ground floor, and to their intense relief, Angelina had sought out her team at lunch to tell them that Quidditch practice was cancelled. Good, said Harry quietly, when she told him, because we found somewhere to have our first defense meeting. Tonight, eight o'clock, seventh floor, opposite that tapestry of Barnabas the Barmy being clubbed by those trolls. Can you tell Katie and Alicia? She looked slightly taken aback, but promised to, to tell the others. Shush. Mumble mouth today. I always, I always get worse when I'm having technical issues. It's very distracting. Harry returned hungrily to his sausages and mash. When he looked up to take a drink of pumpkin juice, he found Hermione watching him. What? He said thickly. Well, it's just that Dobby's plans aren't always that safe. Don't you remember when he lost all the bones in your arm? This room isn't just some mad idea of Dobby's. Dumbledore knows about it too. He mentioned it at the Yule Ball. Hermione express, her, Hermione's expression cleared. 
Oh, Dumbledore told you about it? Just in passing, said Harry, shrugging. Oh, well, that's all right then, said Hermione briskly and raised no more objections. Together with Ron, they spent most of their day seeking out those people who had signed their names to the list in the Hogshead and telling them where to meet the, uh, during that evening. Somewhat to Harry's disappointment, it was Ginny who managed to find Cho Chang and her friend first. However, by the end of dinner, he was confident that the news had been passed around to every one of the twenty-five people who had turned up in the Hogshead. At half-past seven, Harry, Ron, and Hermione left the Gryffindor common room, Harry clutching a certain piece of aged parchment in his hand. Fifth years were allowed to be out in the corridors until nine o'clock, but all three of them kept looking around nervously as they made their way along the seventh floor. Hold it, Harry warned, unfolding the piece of parchment at the top of the last staircase, tapping it with his wand and muttering, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. A map of Hogwarts appeared on the blank piece of the parchment. Tiny black moving dots, labeled with names, showed where various people were. Filch is on the second floor, said Harry, holding the map close to his eyes. And Mrs. Norris is on the fourth. And Umbridge, said Hermione anxiously. In her office, said Harry, pointing. Okay, let's go. They hurried along the corridor to the place Dobby had described to Harry, a stretch of blank wall opposite an enormous tapestry depicting Barnabas the Barmy's foolish attempt to train trolls for the ballet. Okay, said Harry quietly, while a moth-eaten troll paused its relentless clubbing of the would-be ballet teacher to watch them. Dobby said to walk past this bit of wall three times, concentrating hard on what we need. They did so, turning sharply at the window just beyond the blank stretch of wall and then at the man-sized vase on the other side. Ron had screwed up his eyes in concentration. Hermione was whispering something under her breath. Harry's fists were clenched as he stared ahead of him. We need somewhere to learn to fight, he thought. Just give us a place to practice. Somewhere they can't find us. Harry, said Hermione sharply as they wheeled around after their third walk passed. A highly polished door had appeared in the wall. Ron was staring at it, looking slightly wary. Harry reached out, seized the brass handle, and pulled the door open, and led the way into a spacious room filled with flickering torches like those that illuminated the dungeon eight floors below. The walls were lined with wooden bookcases, and instead of chairs there were large silk cushions on the floor. A set of shelves at the far end of the room carried a range of instruments such as sneakoscopes, secrecy sensors, and a large, cracked faux glass that Harry was sure had hung the previous year in the fake Moody's office. These will be good when we're practicing stunning, said Ron enthusiastically, prodding one of the cushions with his foot. And just look at these books, said Hermione excitedly, running a finger along the spines of large leather-bound tomes. A compendium of common curses and their counteractions. The dark arts outsmarted. Self-defensive spellwork. Wow! She looked around at Harry, her face glowing, and he saw that the presence of hundreds of books had finally convinced Hermione that what they were doing was right. Harry, this is wonderful. There's everything that we need here. And without further ado, she slid Jinxes for the Jinxed from its shelf and sat on the nearest cushion and began to read. There was a gentle knock on the door. Harry looked round. Ginny, Neville, Lavender, Parvati, and Dean had arrived. Whoa, said Dean, staring around, impressed. What's this place? Harry began to explain, but before he had finished, more people had arrived, and he had to start all over again. By the time eight o'clock arrived, Every cushion was occupied. Harry moved across to the door and turned the key protruding from the lock. It clicked in satisfyingly, and everyone fell silent, looking at him. Hermione carefully marked her page of jinxes for the jinxed and set the book aside. Well, said Harry nervously, 
This is the place that we've found for our practice sessions. And you've uh, obviously found it okay. That's fantastic, said Cho, and several people murmured their agreement. It's bizarre, said Fred, frowning around into it. We once hid from Filch in here, remember, George? But it was just a broom cupboard then. Hey, Harry, what's all this stuff? asked Dean from the corner of the room, indicating the sneakoscopes and the faux glass. Dark detectors, said Harry, stepping between the cushions to show them. Basically, they all show when dark wizards or enemies are around, but you don't want to rely on them too much. They can be fooled. He gazed for a moment into the cracked faux glass. Shadowy figures were moving around inside it, though none were recognizable. He turned his back on it. Well, I've been thinking about the sort of stuff that we ought to do first, and... Um, he noticed a raised hand. What, Hermione? I think we ought to elect a leader, said Hermione. Harry's the leader, said Cho at once, as though Hermione were mad. Harry's stomach did yet another backflip. Yes, but I think we ought to vote on it properly, said Hermione, unperturbed makes it formal and gives him authority. So, everyone who thinks that Harry ought to be our leader. Everybody put up their hand, even Zacharias Smith, though he did it very half-heartedly. Uh, right. Thanks, said Harry, who could feel his face burning. And what, Hermione? I think we also ought to have a name, she said brightly, her hand still in the air. It would promote a feeling of team spirit and unity, don't you think? Can we be the anti-Umbridge League? said Angelina hopefully. Or the Ministry of Magic or Morons group? suggested Fred. I was thinking, said Hermione, frowning at Fred, more of a name that didn't tell everyone what we were up to, so that we can refer to it safely outside of meetings. Uh, the Defense Association? said Joe. The DA for short, so nobody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, the DA is good said Ginny. Only let's make it stand for Dumbledore's army, because that's the Ministry's worst fear, isn't it? There was a good deal of appreciative murmuring and laughter at this. All in favour of the DA, said Hermione bossily, kneeling on her cushion to count. That's a majority. Motion passed. She pinned the piece of parchment with all of their signatures on it to the wall and wrote across it in large letters, Dumbledore's army. Right, said Harry, when she had sat down again. Shall we get practicing, then? I was thinking the first thing we should do is Expelliarmus. You know, the disarming charm. I know it's pretty basic, but I found it really useful. Oh, please, said Zacharias Smith, rolling his eyes and folding his arms. I don't think Expelliarmus is exactly going to help us against you-know-who, do you? I've used it against him said Harry quietly. It saved my life in June. Smith opened his mouth stupidly. The rest of the room was very quiet. But if you think it's beneath you, you can leave, Harry said. Smith did not move. Nor did anybody else. Okay, said Harry, his mouth slightly drier than usual with all these eyes upon him. I reckon we should all divide into pairs and practice. It felt very odd to be issuing instructions, but not nearly as odd as seeing them followed. Everyone got to their feet at once and divided evenly up. Predictably, Neville was left partnerless. You can practice with me, then, Harry told him. Right. On the count of three, then. One, two, three. The room was suddenly full of shouts of Expelliarmus. Wands flew in all directions. Mist spells hit books on shelves and sent them flying into the air. Harry was too quick for Neville, whose wand went spinning out of his hand, hit the ceiling in a shower of sparks, and landed with a clatter on top of a bookshelf, from which Harry retrieved it with a summoning charm. Glancing around, he thought he had been right to suggest that they practice the basics first. There was a lot of shoddy spellwork going on. Many people were not succeeding in disarming their opponents at all, but merely causing them to jump backwards a few paces, or wince as their feeble spell whooshed over them. Expelliarmus, said Neville, and Harry, caught unawares, felt his wand fly out of his hand. 
I, I did it, said Neville gleefully. I've never done it before. I, I did it. Good one, said Harry encouragingly, deciding not to point out that in a real duel, Neville's opponent was unlikely to be staring in the opposite direction with his wand held loosely at his side. Listen, Neville, you can take turns to practice with Ron and Hermione for a couple of minutes, so that I can walk around and see how the rest are doing. Harry moved off into the middle of the room. Something very odd was happening to Zacharias Smith. Every time he opened his mouth to disarm Anthony Goldstein, his own wand would fly out of his hand, yet Anthony did not seem to be making a sound. Harry did not have to look far to solve the mystery. Fred and George were several feet from Smith and taking it in turns to point their wands at his back. <laughs> Sorry, Harry, said George hastily when Harry caught his eye. Couldn't resist. Harry walked around the other pairs, trying to correct those who were doing the spell wrong. Ginny was teamed up with Michael Corner. She was doing very well, whereas Michael was either very bad or unwilling to jinx her. Ernie McMillan was flourishing his wand unnecessarily, giving his partner time to get in under his guard. The Creevy brothers were enthusiastic but erratic, and mainly responsible for all of the books leaping off of the shelves around them. Luna Lovegood was similarly patchy, occasionally sending Justin Finch Fletchley's wand spinning out of his hand, and at other times causing his hair to stand on end. Okay, stop! Harry shouted. Stop! Stop! I need a whistle, he thought, and immediately spotted one lying on top of the nearest row of books. He caught it up and blew hard. Everyone lowered their wands. That wasn't bad, said Harry, but there's definite room for improvement. Zacharias Smith glared at him. Let's try again. He moved off around the room again, stopping here and there to make suggestions. Slowly, the general performance improved. He avoided going near Cho and her friend for a while, but after walking twice around nearly every other pair in the room, he felt he could no longer ignore them. Oh, no, said Cho rather wildly as he approached. Experiarimus, I mean, Expelimelius, I... Oh, sorry, Marietta. Her curly-haired friend's sleeve had caught fire. Marietta extinguished it with her own wand and glared at Harry as though it was his fault. You made me nervous. I was doing it all right before then, Cho told Harry ruefully. That was quite good, Harry lied, but when she raised her eyebrows, he said... Well, no, it was lousy, but I know that you can do it properly. I was watching you from over there. She laughed. Her friend Marietta looked at them rather sourly and turned away. I don't mind her, Cho muttered. She doesn't really want to be here, but I made her come with me. Her parents have forbidden her to do anything that might upset Umbridge. You see, her mum works for the Ministry. What about your parents? asked Harry. Well, they've forbidden me to get on the wrong side of Umbridge, too, said Cho, drawing herself up proudly. But, I th but if they think that I'm not going to fight after what happened to Cedric... She broke off, looking rather confused, and an awkward silence fell between them. Terry Boots' wand went whizzing past Harry's ear and hit Alicia Spinnet hard on the nose. Well, my dad is very supportive of any anti-ministry action said Luna Lovegood proudly, from just behind Harry. Evidently, she had been eavesdropping on this conversation while Justin Finch Fletchley attempted to disentangle himself from the robes that had flown up over his head. He's always been saying that he'd believe anything of Fudge. I mean, the number of goblins that Fudge has had assassinated. And, of course, he uses the Department of Mysteries to develop terrible poisons, which he secretly feeds to anyone who disagrees with him. And then there's his umgubular slash-kilter. I don't ask, Harry muttered to Cho as she opened her mouth, looking puzzled. She giggled. Hey, uh, Harry, Hermione called from the other end of the room. Have you checked the time? He looked down at his watch and was shocked to see that it was already ten past nine, which meant that they needed to get back to their common room immediately, or else risk being caught and punished by Filch for being out of bounds. He blew his whistle. Everyone stopped shouting.
Expelliarmus. The last couple of wands clattered to the floor. Well, that was really good, said Harry. But we've overrun, so we'd better leave it here. Same time, same place, next week. Uh, sooner, said Dean Thomas eagerly, and many people nodded in agreement. Angelina, however, said quickly, The Quidditch season about to start, we need team practices too. Let's say next Wednesday night then, said Harry. We can decide on additional meetings then. Come on, we better get going. He pulled out the Marauder's map again and checked it carefully for signs of teachers on the seventh floor. He let them all leave in threes and fours, watching their tiny dots anxiously to see that they had all returned safely to their dormitories. The Hufflepuffs to the basement corridor that also led to the kitchens, the Ravenclaws to a tower on the west side of the castle, and the Gryffindors along the corridor to the fat lady's portrait. That was really, really good, Harry, said Hermione, when finally it was just her, Harry, Ron. When finally it was just her, Harry, and Ron who were left. Yeah, it was, said Ron enthusiastically, as they slipped out of the door and watched it melt back into stone behind them. Did you see me disarm Hermione, Harry? Only once, said Hermione, stung. I got you loads more time than you got me. I did not only get you once. It happened at least three times. Well, if you're counting the one where you tripped me over your own feet and knocked the wand out of my hand. They argued all the way back to the common room, but Harry was not listening to them. He had his eye on the Marauder's map, but he was also thinking of Cho, saying that he made her nervous. And that is the end of the chapter. Team Hagrid, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Team Hagrid says that Team Hagrid is a chef. Which is very interesting. Where are you a chef at? And yeah, I'm I'm almost for sure going to have to re-record this episode, which is frustrating. <laughs> Ash, you are correct. It is time. Um, yeah, I agree with y'all though about uh, basically. I would have loved to 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 know. I, I mean, it, this is this this would be an endless discussion of all the things I wish I could have seen in the films. Um, Hermione and her. Uh, SPEW camp. I wish we could have seen more from Cho and really had a better understanding of the struggles that she went through. Um, I wish we could have seen more from Dobby and his his real solid contributions to Harry and his efforts. Um, all sorts of stuff that uh, uh, no second chapter tonight. As you know, I I definitely don't want to have to reread two chapters. I was only planning to do one tonight anyway, though. Yeah, Team Hagrid. I am uh, what I would call a very enthusiastic home cook so i've been working on my i've been working on a lot of different I, I call them units um but uh yeah i practice you know i sort of go from one technique at a time and i've been working on pan sauces recently which have turned out quite well i am i'm i'm impressed with how <laughs> how much i can add with uh you know a little bit of wine a little bit of butter luke no problem all right jujubee Ash, and of course, Miss Frizzle, it is beans time. It is time for beans. And uh, to those of you who in YouTube probably can't see it very well, I do apologize. But let's do this, shall we? I need to call my assistant over. Okay. So I'm having some wild issues with internet tonight. Uh... Uh, by the way, um, chat, it would be very helpful if any of you know a good way, uh, general, as... Why not? Uh, general, you mentioned it's odd that I would talk to the internet, or connect to internet with my phone. Um, I don't want to have to connect to their, like, I don't want to have to make a phone call to their customer service every time I, I want to start a support ticket with my internet. So if there's a way to do it online for Spectrum Internet, uh, it would be much appreciated if, if y'all could help me sort out kind of, uh, I guess, how to get, how to 
get better support for that sort of thing. And uh, Ashlyn, yeah, I hope your uh, your hospital visit goes okay. Wish you good luck. We'll be here for you when you're uh, uh, afterward or recovering or what have you. I don't know what exactly is going on, but uh, good luck to you. All right. Screen's up there now. Okay. It's Are Beans time. Oh, yeah, I should probably jump back there. There we go. And yeah, I've had dropped frames every two minutes. That's great. Since I started the stream. So, let's do it up. Discord? Um, no. Even better. All right. Oh. First bean. Oh, oh. Here we go. <laughs> All right. It's a good one. It's a soda one. That's Dr. Pepper right there. That's what that is. 100% that's Dr. Pepper. That's pretty good too. Not a bad representation of Dr. Pepper. The, um, the root beer one is not awesome. Yeah, General, we need some warding. All right, one for one. Next up. You know what? For this purposes, I'm gonna knock my game down. I'm, I'm coming at you like this. Ba-boom. All right, two. This one does not taste very sweet on the outside at all. I feel like that's bad news. No, it's definitely one of the sweet ones. I'm, I'm going to go with orange soda. Yep. Yeah. All right. Two for two. He can be taught. I'm getting better at this. Again. Oh, dang it. There was no donut this episode. I totally forgot. Yes, there was. Uh, in the picture? In the scene? Yeah, you just say, yes, there was. You all look harder. No, that's mean. I forgot the donut. Rats. Dang it. Well, I'm two for two. Let's do it again. Let's see number three. The uh, the orange soda one's pretty good. Why'd you make that face? Because it was very strong at first. Oh. <laughs> All right. Ow. Another good one. Mm. I always have the struggles. Cream soda or marshmallow. Hmm. I gotta go cream soda. Nice. Y'all, that's three. That's three confirmed. Confirmed it. <laughs> We're doing well. Sarah says a cream soda exploded on me in class today. What were you doing in class with a cream soda? You're a smuggler, aren't you? All right. Next up. Oh boy, I think I can get it this week. I think I can do it this week. Are you doing four or five? I'm going to do five. Because I need to save, I need to save room for tacos. For any of you don't know, uh, tacos are the best thing on the planet, and I spent like two days. Yeah, I spent a, I spent a few days just looking forward to tacos, and then I made them. And I think I think boy, I think I've probably had I had six yesterday. Wow. I think that's another orange soda. Let me see. Mm. I don't think it was orange. It's a soda one. Oh, I remember what it was. It's not one of the dark ones. Nope. Um, it's, it's either orange soda. orange soda or Sprite. Sprite. Sprite or 7-Up or whatever it is. I think it's 7-Up. 
the the lemon lemon lime. Yeah, caffeinated orange soda or caffeinated cream soda. I'm not familiar with that either. <laughs> Team Haggard says it tastes bad, but it works wonders. I'm going to take your word for it. Okay, one mo. Let's do it. Again, I don't know if I I don't know if I can count that one as like a full success. It, no, that was not a full success. Quickly. Well, I guess orange soda first. I I need to okay. From here on out, I'm gonna say this the, is my guess. I'm gonna say that there's the bean. <laughs> <laughs> for my final guess, for my my for my final answer, my my code word is that there's the bean. Okay. That there is the bean. Okay, so we got a not good one. You were you were participating pretty. Um, it's not as bad as the versions of this one I've had in the past. Now, it's either grass or earthworm, because it's giving me that green pepper thing. There's the arm of my lovely assistant. Hmm... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so Sarah has just found out after uh, using cream soda for caffeine for a while, it does not have caffeine. <laughs> it is very tasty, but uh, Sarah, I wish you good luck in finding another source for your uh, your energy bumps. Okay. It, I mean, it definitely gave me that green pepper, but it's not as like. You want to make me eat another bad one? Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. That sounds rough. It might be the same one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. So it might be the same bad one. Yeah. So I just sort of prolong that. It might not. So there, are, so you would say that there's sort of a zero percent chance that it's a good one. So yeah. I'm just signing myself up it's for up one. just a bad bean. Yeah. Hmm. For science. Well, for potions. The same one. Right. I don't know why I showed you again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I, well, I guess it's still important that I cover my eyes. Love the assistant. Thank you very much. Tell me what it tastes like. I don't. I mean, just. It, it tastes bad, though. It's what it tastes like. It tastes bad. You like green peppers. I don't like rotten green peppers. Still green peppers? You're chugging along just fine. I think it's grass. It didn't have the same like I have a relative with Ailer Danlos. <laughs> Team Haggard says catfish bean. And <laughs> Well, by the pictures, it should have been sausage both times. I wasn't getting sausage. I know I very much smell the bell pepper. I know sausage when I get a when I get a sausage bean. I know about it. I know, it. that's why I was like, you're chugging along just fine. This is not as fun as I thought it was gonna be. So that is a great picture of Dobby you've got there, Ash. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because Earthworm was like red with like black spots mm -hmm. these were both brown they by all accounts should have been sausage yeah i think they were there i was messed up i was picking up mostly grass because they they're definitely not grass it's earthworm. i'm just yeah i just mean that the earthworm ones typically have like an associated sort of like um weird proteiny flavor not a good one. Yeah, yeah, I know. Vaguely like meat. <laughs> the grass tastes like grass. I, I guess I've never tasted actual grass. I have tasted flowers once. <laughs> they taste like dirt. It wasn't good. It was very bitter. Um, oh, Hagrid, why would you say that? Old arm cast bean. <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Old arm gets to be <laughs> every flavor. Oh, good lord! But uh, yeah, the grass tastes like grass. Earthworm tastes like you just sort of you saw a a worm in the grass and you just opened your mouth as wide as it would go and sort of plunged down onto the earthworm like an alien abducting it into its mouth. <laughs> so and that's what green peppers taste like. And that's that is that is if anyone has never tasted a green pepper, it tastes <laughs> like you're an alien eating worms off the ground. That's not true. Green peppers are delicious. Don't listen to Cassidy. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. That's a that is a great gift. Salt, pepper, or I guess it's just a picture, but salt, pepper, or cyanide for the beaning. I like it. Morticia Adams is our new our new uh, beans mascot. I guess I don't know what that even means. Oh, it is a gift. Heyo. Okay. Well. Um, that's the end of the reading for tonight. Um, I hope y'all have a good one. But yeah, if anyone has a, any, I need help with two things. Here's the two things. Thing number one. Stop that, you. Help with two things. The first is with the, uh, the internet thing. If any of y'all have experience with, um, Spectrum Internet, uh, if you know how to open, you know, help tickets without me needing to make a phone call to them every single time. Uh, I essentially just want to spam them with support tickets. Uh, so that's that's thing number one. Thing number two, um, as I've, I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, I have gotten some great feedback on on the, the voices that I've done for this. I've, I think I've said it before, but I've never received so much unanimous positive feedback positivity um as with the uh the voices that i've been doing for this series and i would love to pursue that further so if anyone has um any uh let's see any <laughs> what do we call them any clues in my blues clues journey toward uh doing some more consistent voice acting stuff go ahead and let me know i have checked out some of the resources that uh you've given me in the past and uh, i appreciate them quite a bit I'm, I'm continuing to do that, but I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, and that extends to like, if y'all know any animators who just want like somebody to throw a voice onto their 30 second video, I am, I am down for anything. I would love to do this sort of more often and in more, some more, uh, you know, interesting odd ways. So If you need someone to, uh, you know, like, like, like I said, if, if you've got somebody who needs uh, some voices over an animation reel, um, and they, they just want some voices to go with it, then I am, I'm good for it. And I've got, you know, I can send in the recordings remotely, etc. Uh, just uh, something to think about. But I appreciate you all so very much for listening. We have grown like crazy. This, uh, the, the channel's grown like crazy and I'm going to, I want to call it the, I don't want to call it the community because that sounds so trite nowadays. Um, but I, I really do appreciate this group of people, my little litlings. That's definitely not going to be it. <laughs> my little, my little, my, my literary boy, litlings, litlings has a ring to it though. It's a bad ring. It's like a. It's the. It's the ring of a, Cacophony. of a cracked bell. But it is a ring. <laughs> My little litlings. Oh boy. <laughs> General says no. But am I gonna listen to General? Am I gonna listen to multiple people who have given me some sort of a negative criticism of that particular idea? Good night, Coop. <laughs> Ashlyn says, I keep hearing whittlings. Sarah says she likes it. Littlings. It is so bad. <laughs> My whittlings. I don't know. Book buds. That's a decent one. 
I could call you passengers if I wanted to sound sort of vaguely creepy like Dexter. You guys are all my dark passengers. Just the uh, just to follow along with the the sidecar thing. What's a good what's a good like sort of motorcycle sidecar? Uh, any any references to the Aristocats are more than welcome. Should I just call you co-pilots? Joseph says that YouTube ended up working. Um, I'll take your word for it. On my end, it still looks like YouTube is an absolute mess, but I'm very glad that it is uh, sort of functioning again. Looks like it's on the right screen at least. I'm Abraham DeLacy. Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the Alley Cat. I think so, yeah. I don't remember much more of the song. <laughs> um, but yes, General. Alley Cats might work. Alley Cats would be a fun one. I think it'll be it'll be a lost connection. I don't think people are going to understand what the heck that means. But isn't that maybe that's the point? Maybe the point is to uh, to just have it be our little our little inside joke. We'll see, we'll see, we'll develop it. We'll develop it over time. Um, thank you all so much for listening tonight. I am going to sign off of the stream, but as usual, I'm still going to be hanging out in the uh, in the chat. I really like being able to do this. Thank you all so much for uh, all the support and, you know, for working with me. Like, I, I realize, I, I think I would have lost patience a long time ago with the streams. And so I really appreciate everyone who hasn't. I really appreciate the the many, many people at this point who have continued to join me, who have persisted in spite of, you know, constantly being, you know, cutting in and out. Um, I'm, I'm trying to work on it. I was so excited because when I, when the internet was new, when I first signed up for their, their contract, uh, you know, I was at those, I was at those sign-up speeds. I wasn't dropping frames all the time, but I have literally dropped frames every two minutes since I started. La la la. So not great, but, um, we're going to keep working on it. I really, really appreciate you all. Um, I, I, I love thinking about this every week. I love, you know, sometimes there are days when like the, the, the prep is, you know, like I, I don't necessarily want to, I, I, there are days when I want to procrastinate prep. There are days when like the, 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 um, I'm worried about my voices or I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about whatever tech issues are going to pop up, but the actual process of doing this with you guys and, and reading and talking about the books, um, I enjoy it so, so much.